he lifted a large halberd. You evil, twisted. And the man screamed and charged. There was no time to stop him. He took a huge swing at Kayaba. But Kayaba was faster. He swung his left hand instead, open ing a window, and manipulating it instantly. Suddenly, his attacker's body froze in midair, then fell with a clatter. A blinking. Green border surrounded the man's HP bar, paralysis. Kayaba. Kept tapping commands into the window. Oh, Kirito. I turned to see Asuna kneeling on the ground. From what I could see, everyone in the chamber, aside from Kayaba and me, was collapsing unnaturally, groaning. I put my swords over my back, kneeling to lift Asuna up and hold her hand. Kayaba turned to look at me again. What are you doing? Killing everyone here to cover up your evil deeds? Hardly. I would not be so cruel, he said, smiling and shaking his head. But I am left with no other choice. I must accelerate my plans and await your visit at Ruby Palace on the top floor. I have been building the cob to handle the powerful foes of the Ninety F floor and above. It is not my first choice to abandon you partway like this, but I think you've shown that you have the strength to make it on your own. However, before then, he stopped and trained his gaze on me, twin beams of pure willpower. He stuck the tip of his sword into the obsidian floor. A sharp, clear, metallic tone rent the air. I believe you deserve a reward for exposing my true identity, Carito. I will grant you the opportunity to fight me in a one-on-dash-one duel, right here and now. No immortality, of course. If you beat me, the game will be over, and all players will be able to log out of this world. What do you choose? The instant she heard those words, Asuna struggled futilely in my arms, shaking her head. You can't, Carito. He's trying to get rid of you, we should pull back and think this through. My conscience agreed with her. He was a game manager, Abel to bend the system to his will. He might claim a fair battle, but there was no telling what he might do. The best choice here was clearly to retreat, share opinions, and come up with a plan. But what did he say? He built the cob? We could make it on our own. You sick bastard, I muttered before I knew what I was doing. He had kidnapped 10,000 people, fried the brains of two-fifths of them, and watched in person as we struggled, ignorant and helpless, to play along with his own pet narrative. There could be no greater enjoyment for a game master. I thought back to Asuna's past as described down on the 22nd floor. I remembered her tears as she clung to me. How could I stand before the man who created this world for his own pleasure, who had ripped Asuna's heart to shreds over and over, and simply back down? All right. Let's settle this. I nodded slowly. Carito. Asuna screamed. I looked down at her. It felt like I'd been shot through the chest to do this, but I forced a smile all the same. I'm sorry. But this has to be it.
There's no turning back. Now. Asuna opened her lips, about to say something, then stopped. And gave me a desperate smile. Tears trailed down her cheeks. You aren't going, to die, are you? Nope, I'm going to win. I'm going to win, and I'm going to, bring an end to this world. All right. I believe you. Even if I lose and turn to nothingness, you have to live on. I thought the words, but couldn't say them. Instead, Asuna. Squeezed my hand, long and hard. I let go, then laid her body on the obsidian floor. I stood and walked over to Kaiba, loudly drawing my swords. Kirito, don't do this. Kirito. I turned and saw Agile and Klein desperately trying to push themselves upward. First I met Agile's eyes and nodded to him. Thanks for all your support of the swordsmen in the game, Agile. I know what you've done. You've spent nearly all of your earnings helping to outfit players in the mid-level zones. I smiled at Agile, whose eyes were wide with surprise. Klein, ugly bandana, stubble, and all, was breathing in and out rapidly, trying to find the right words. I stared straight into his sunken eyes and took a deep breath. Try as I might, I couldn't stop my voice from trembling. Klein, remember when we first met? I'm sorry for what I did, leaving you behind like that. I always regretted it. That was all I could scratch out, but the instant I finished, the corners of my old friend's eyes sparkled and began to drip. After several moments of silent tears, he struggled anew to get to his feet, his throat ripping with anger. D, don't you dare apologize to me. Now is not the time. You're not going to do this. I'm not gonna forgive you until I've at least had the chance to buy you a dinner back in the real world. He tried to keep shouting, but I silenced him with a nod. All right, it's a deal. We'll meet up on the outside. I flashed him a thumbs up. Then I turned to the girl who'd helped me say the words I couldn't say for two years and gave her one last gaze. One last gaze at Asuna, her face smiling, but tear-stained. Inwardly, I told her I was sorry, then spun around. I looked at Kayaba, still imperious and implacable, and opened my mouth. I have just one request. And that is? I don't intend to go down easily, but if I do die, ensure that. Asuna can't commit suicide right away. He raised an eyebrow in surprise, but nodded assent. Very well. I'll see to it that she cannot leave Selmberg. Carito, you can't. No, you can't do this. Asuna's teary cries echoed behind me. I didn't turn around. I drew my right foot back, pushing my left sword to the front and my right sword down. Kayaba hit a few more commands on his window that equalized our HP bars just at the edge of the red zone, enough that one clean, heavy hit would finish the battle. Next, a system message appeared over his head reading, changed into mortal object, Kayaba had removed his artificial defense. He closed the window, then pulled his sword out of the ground and hunched behind his giant shield. My mind was cold and clear. After my inner apologies to Asuna had risen and dissipated like soap bubbles popping, only 
my instinct to fight was left, freezing, and sharp. To be honest, I didn't have a foolproof plan for victory. In our previous duel, I hadn't gotten the sense that my sword work was clearly inferior to his. But if he chose to use the same system assistance, as he called it, that had caused me to freeze for a second while he reacted, there would be nothing I could do. It was only Kayaba's pride on the line that would keep him from using it. Based on his statements, I had to conclude that he would try to defeat me within the limits of his holy sword ability. My only hope for survival was to catch him off guard and finish the fight quickly. The tension rose between us. Even the air seemed to tremble. With the weight of the situation, this wasn't a duel. It was a fight. To kill. That's right, I was going. To kill you. I spat, charging forward. I brought my right. Sword in for a long horizontal swipe, with his left hand on the shield, Kaiba blocked it easily. Sparks flew, illuminating our faces for an instant. As though the sound of metal clashing was the opening bell of our fight, we instantly accelerated into a full-blown sword battle. Out of the countless fights I'd experienced in this world, this was the most irregular, the most human. We'd both exposed our secrets to the other before. My dual blade skill was Kaiba's design, so I had to assume that he knew all of my combos. It certainly explained how he'd stopped all of my attacks in the previous duel. I didn't use any of the system's combination attacks, I swung my swords freely, using only my instincts. I wasn't getting any help from the game, but it seemed like my accelerated consciousness made my every move much faster than normal. Even my eyes couldn't keep up with the speed, my swords waving into AF tour images, 1, 5, 10, 20. But Kayaba deflected each of my blows with easy precision. When he had the opening, he would dart in with a sharp stab of his own. Instantaneous reaction speed was the only thing that kept me from being hit. The battle maintained an uneasy stasis. I focused on Kayaba's eyes, trying to read his thoughts, his actions. Our gazes met. Kayaba's, Heathcliff's brass eyes stayed chilly. That hint of humanity I'd witnessed in our public duel was nowhere to be seen. I suddenly felt a slight chill run down my back. I was facing a man who had slaughtered 4,000 people. Was that even humanly possible? 4,000 deaths, 4,000 voices of vengeance. No man who can live with that. Much weight over his head can be human, he's a monster. Ra! I roared, trying to banish the tiny inkling of fear blooming in. My heart. I whipped my arms around even faster, striking multi. PLE times a second, but Kayaba never blinked. He wielded his shield and longsword faster than the eye could follow, perfectly. Blocking each and every blow. Is he just toying with me? The fear soon turned to panic. If Kayaba was able to defend every single blow, he must have the ability to strike back and deliver a critical hit at any moment. Doubt clouded my heart. He didn't even need the system's assistance. Shit. In that case, how about this? 
I switched tactics, unleashing the dual blade's highest skill, the Eclipse. My sword edges bore down on Kaiba with ultra speed, flashing in all directions like a solar corona. 27. Consecutive strikes. But Kaiba was simply waiting for me to fall into the system's pre-programmed combination. For the first time, his mouth dis played signs of emotion. But unlike our last fight, this was a smile of certain victory. After the first few swings of the combo, I realized my mistake. At the very end, I'd relied on the system for help, rather than my own instincts. I couldn't break out of the combo partway, it would freeze me momentarily. But Kaiba knew each and every attack in this string. As blow after blow was parried easily by Kaiba's crucifix. Shield, the only thing I could do was breathe a silent apology. I'm sorry, Asuna, at least I know you'll still be alive. The twenty-seventh and final left thrust struck the center of the shield in a shower of sparks. The next instant, the sword in. My left hand gave a metallic screech and shattered into pieces. Farewell, Carido. Kaiba's longsword was held high over my head, glowing. Crimson. It swung downward, a blur the color of blood. In that instant, a voice, loud and fierce, echoed inside my head. I'm going, to watch over you. With incredible speed, a human blur darted between Kaiba's glowing blade and me. Chestnut hair flipped through the air. Asuna, why? She should have been paralyzed by the game system itself. But. She stood before me, her chest held high, both arms extended. I could see surprise on Kaiba's face. But no one could stop. His attack now. It all moved in horrifying slow motion, the sword. Slicing Asuna from shoulder to breast, I lurched forward desperately, reaching out for her as she fell. She crumpled into my arms, soundless. Our eyes met. She smiled faintly. Her HP bar was gone. Time stood still. Evening. Meadow. Breeze. A slight chill. We sat on the hill side by side, gazing out on the lake, the red dishgold setting sun melting into deep blue. Leaves rustled. Birds called as they returned to their nests. She slipped her hand into mine, leaned her head on my shoulder. The clouds trailed past. Stars began to twinkle, one, then two. We silently observed the colors of the world shift and blur. Eventually, she spoke up. I'm a little sleepy. Mind if I use your legs as a pillow? I smiled and answered, go right ahead. Good night. Just like then, Asuna looked up at me from my arms, her face. Beaming, her eyes full of love. But the weight and the warmth of. That previous time were gone. Her body slowly took on a golden glow. Motes of light separated and scattered. This can't be, Asuna, why? Why did you? My voice trembled. But the light mercilessly glowed brighter. A single tear fell from her eye, sparkled momentarily, then. Vanished. Her lips moved, faintly, carving the sounds. I-M-S-O-R-R-Y. G-O-O-D-B-Y-E. Swish. The light in my arms flashed, then burst, countless golden. 
feathers floating through the air. And then she was gone. I scrambled to regain the floating lights, a voiceless scream ripping my throat. But the golden feathers blew away as though on a gust of wind, spreading out, evaporating. Disappearing. Forever. This can never happen. It should not. It can't. It can't. I crumpled to my knees. The final feather floated downward to rest on my hand, then blinked out. 23. The ends of Kayaba's mouth twisted, and he gave an exaggerated shrug, hands wide. That was a surprise. Almost like a story event in a single-player RPG, isn't it? She shouldn't have been able to recover from that paralysis, as I said, quite unexpected. But I couldn't even hear him. My every emotion was aflame, burning out, plunging into deep, black despair. I had lost my reason to do anything. Fighting in this virtual world, returning to the real world, continuing on with my life, it was all meaningless. When my lack of strength led to my guildmates dying those many months ago, I should have joined them in death. I'd never have met Asuna. I'd never have made the same mistake again. And I didn't want her to commit suicide? How could I have been so foolish, so shallow? I didn't understand a thing. How could anyone live with such utter emptiness? I gazed down absently at Asuna's rapier, gleaming on the ground. I reached out and picked it up. I stared at the frail, thin blade, hoping to find some trace, some record of her existence there, but there was nothing. Not a single fragment of its owner was present in that shining reflection. I slowly climbed to my feet, one of my swords in one hand, Asuna's rapier in the other. Enough. I would take my memories of the few days I'd been able to spend with her and then go to the same place. I felt as though someone called my name from behind me. But I didn't stop. I pulled back the sword in my right hand and struck at Kayaba. I took two or three ungainly steps forward, then thrust the blade. It wasn't a skill, not even a proper attack. Kayaba swung his shield and easily deflected the attempt with a pitying look, then buried his longsword in my chest. I looked down passively at the metal glimmer sunk deep into my body. There was nothing to think. Just the objective resignation of my end. In the right corner of my vision, my HP bar slowly drained. Perhaps my accelerated senses had not worn down yet, because I could see the bar diminishing, dot by dot. I closed my eyes. In the moment that my mind ceased to exist, I wanted to see nothing. But as soon as smile, even with my eyes closed, the HP bar was still there. The strip of red surely and steadily shrank. It felt as though the system itself, the god that had granted me life for so long, was silently lick ing its chops, waiting for the moment it would claim me forever. Ten more pixels. Five. Then, I suddenly felt a rage the likes of which I'd never experienced. It was this. This was what had killed Asuna. Even Kaiba, its creator, was only a part of it now. This was what had ripped apart. Asuna's body, blasted her mind, enveloped me, the will of the 
system itself, the digital god, mocking its player's ignorance, swinging its merciless scythe. What are we? Fully SH puppets, dancing on the unreachable. Strings of the SAO system? If the system says yes, we survive, and... If it says no, we perish. Is that all we are? My HP bar ran out, as if to laugh at my helpless rage. A small... Purple message appeared front and center, you are dead. God. Had spoken. A powerful chill ran through my body. Sensation faded. I could. Feel countless lines of code setting me free, slicing me into pieces, preparing to feast. The chill rose from my spine to my neck, then. Flooded into my head. The nerves of my skin, sound, light, everything grew further away. My body was dissolving, turning into. Polygonal shards, dispersing. But I wasn't going to play along. I opened my eyes. I could see. I could still see. In fact, I could. See the look of shock on Kaiba's face, his hand still gripping the. Sword in my chest. Perhaps my senses had accelerated again, and the instantaneous process of my avatar exploding was happening in extreme. Slow motion. The contours of my body were already softening, dots of light spilling off and blinking out here and there, but I still. Existed. I was still alive. Rhea. I screamed. I screamed and resisted. Against the system. Against the absolute. Asuna, spoiled and lonely Asuna, had wrung out every last. Ounce of willpower to beat that irreversible paralysis and throne. Herself before a strike that couldn't be blocked. Just to save me. I couldn't let her sacrifice go to waste. It wasn't an option. Even if death was ultimately inescapable, there was one thing left to do. I squeezed hard, knitting the sensation back as if it were a fine thread. The texture of what I held, as soon as rapier, flooded back into my hand. Now I could feel her will exuding from it. I could hear her voice, urging me on. My left arm began to move, achingly slow. As it rose bit by bit, the contour shuddered, visual artifacts peeling off. But I never stopped moving. Inch by inch, I raised my arm, my soul flaking. Away. Unbelievable pain shot through my body, the apparent price. For my heresy, but I gritted my teeth and kept moving. The distance, just inches, was unbearably long. I was freezing cold. Only. My left arm had any sensation left, and the chill was quickly eat ing through it. My body was crumbling, spilling like a delicate ice. Sculpture. But finally, at long last, the shining silver tip of the sword. Touched the center of Kaiba's chest. He did not move. The shock. On his face had worn off, only a peaceful smile was left on his. Slightly opened lips. Half by my own will, half driven by some mysterious unknown. Force, my arm closed the final distance. Kayaba shut his eyes and accepted the rapier piercing his chest. His HP bar emptied. For an instant, we both stood there, each with his sword stuck. Through the other. All of my willpower spent, I gazed into space.
Is this, what you wanted? I never heard her response, but there was a momentary. Thump, a pulse of warmth, gripping my left hand. I released the strength that was keeping my body from shattering entirely. As my consciousness slid into nothingness, I could feel my body disintegrating into a thousand pieces, and Kaiba's doing the same. Two familiar bursts of sound overlap, now it all read dash. Ally was drifting away, separating faster and faster. Was that agile? And Klein calling my name? And beyond that, the artificial tone of the system's voice. The game has been cleared. The game has been cleared. The game has been 24. The entire sky was ablaze with the setting sun. I suddenly realized I was in a very strange place. A thick crystal slab was under my feet. Beneath that transparent floor, strings of crimson splashed clouds flowed past. I looked up and saw nothing but infinite evening sky. An endless expanse, sprayed with gradient colors from brilliant orange to bloodred to deep purple. I could hear the sound of a slight breeze. Aside from the red and gold clouds floating by, there was nothing in the air but this small circle of crystal, and I was stand ing at its edge. Where am I? I remembered my body shattering into countless pieces and dissipating into nothing. Was I still somewhere inside? SAO, or had I actually gone to the afterlife? I looked down at my body. The leather coat and long gloves were the same equipment I had been wearing when I died, but everything was ever so slightly translucent now. And it wasn't just my clothes. Even my body itself had turned into a partially see-through material like colored glass, and it was sparkling red. With the light of the sunset, I stretched out my hand and waved the fingers. The game window popped open with the same sound as ever. I was still stuck in. Saw. But there was no equipment mannequin or menu readout on. The window. It was simply a featureless box that read, Executing. Final phase, currently 54%, in small letters. The number ticked, up to 55% as I watched. I thought that dying and disintegrating happened at the same time that the device fried the brain. What was happening here? I shrugged and closed the window, then jumped as someone called out to me. Carido. It was like the song of angels. A shock ran through me. Please let it be real, please don't let it be an illusion, I prayed, and turned. She was standing there, set against the burning sky. Her long hair was rippling in the breeze. Her smiling face was close enough that I could cup her cheek if I reached out, but I couldn't move. If I take my eyes off of her for just an instant, she'll disappear, I thought. Instead, I stared silently. Like me, her body seemed made of a delicate crystal. As it sparkled and gleamed. With the light of the sunset behind it, it seemed to me that the sight was more beautiful than anything in the world. I desperately tried to hold back the tears, and finally I cracked. A smile. When my voice came out, it was barely a whisper. Sorry, I guess I died. Dummy. A large tear rolled down her cheek as she smiled. 
I opened my arms and called her name. Asina. She jumped to embrace me, tears sparkling, and I held her. Tightly. I'd never let her go. No matter what happened, I would. Never release my grip. After a long, long kiss, we finally extricated our faces, and looked at each other. There were so many things to say about that. Final battle, so many things to apologize for. But words were no longer necessary. Instead, I turned to look at the endless sunset. And asked, so, where are we? Asuna silently looked down and pointed. I followed her finger. Far, far away from our little floating crystal platform was a point in the sky, and there it floated. It was like a cone with the tip chopped off. The entire structure was made of countless thin layers. If I squinted, I could see little mountains, forests, lakes, and even towns in the spaces between the layers. Ankrad. Asuna nodded. That had to be Ankrad. A giant castle, floating. In an endless expanse of sky. The world of swords and battle that had played host to our painful two-year struggle. And now it was below us. Before I came here, I'd seen pictures of the structure and promotional material for sword art online. But this was the first time I'd ever actually seen it like this in person. My breath caught. In my throat, I felt something like awe. The floating fortress of steel was collapsing. As we watched, a chunk of the lowest floor broke off, spilling away into countless smaller pieces. If I trained my ears, I could hear the heavy crumbling sounds beneath the wind. Ah! Asuna murmured. A larger piece of the bottom broke away, and this time, there were trees and cascades of lake water among the structural rock as it plummeted through the red sea of clouds. That was where our little log cabin used to be. Floor by floor, the place that had consumed two years of our memories peeled apart. Like tiny membranes, and I felt grief well up in my heart. I slowly sat down on the edge of the crystal platform, still. Holding Asuna. My heart was oddly calm. I didn't know what had happened to us, what would happen to us, or why, but I felt no fear. I'd done what I needed to do, lost the life I had been given, and now Saturday with the girl I loved, watching the end of the world. Nothing Matt teared anymore. I felt fulfilled. Asuna must have felt the same. She hugged me close, watching. Ankrad fall to pieces, her lids half lowered. I slowly stroked her. Hair. That's a fine sight. The voice from my right took me by surprise. Asuna and I looked over to see that a man was now standing at the edge with us. Akihiko Kayaba. The developer of Sword Art Online, not the Paladin Heathcliff. He wore a white shirt and tie underneath a long white lab coat. The contours of his face were fine and sharp, but the metallic eyes and the way he placidly observed the disappearing castle were the same as his prior incarnation. Like us, he was partially transparent. Less than an hour ago, I had been locked in a battle to the death with this man, but I felt at peace now. It was as if I had to leave all my rage and hatred behind to reach this world of endless 
Sunset. I pulled my eyes away from Kayaba and back to the castle, then spoke. What's happening to Aincrad? You might call it a visual metaphor. His voice was quiet. At this moment, the SAO mainframe stored five levels underground. At the Argus building is deleting all data saved on its server. In another ten minutes, nothing will remain of this world. What happened to all the people who were there? Asuna murmured. Don't worry about them. Just moments ago. He waved a hand, then glanced at the window that popped up. All 6,174 surviving players were logged out and regained. Consciousness. So Klein, Agile, and all the other people we'd met there, the ones who had lived through those two years with us, were all back. In the real world, safe and sound. I shut my eyes tightly, warding off the emotion that threatened to seep out. And those who died? We both died, and we're here right now, so isn't it possible that you could bring the other for thou sand back to consciousness? He closed the window, his face unchanging, then placed his hands in the pockets of his coat. Life is not meant to be treated so lightly. They will not come back. In every world, the dead must disappear. You two are SPE-style exception. I wanted a bit more time to speak with you. That is what a man who killed 4,000 people has to say.